Welcome to the Eric Erickson Show podcast, Hour 2. Greetings, conversationalists. It's Eric Erickson here. Glad to have you with me. The phone number is 877-973-7425. Should you wish to be on the program, happy to have you. Uh, I, I got to begin with a word of thanks, actually, in, in all sincerity, to the Firecracker Engineering team at my flagship station, WSB, uh, we were bumped off the satellite uh, for a little bit earlier. They scrambled, uh, were able to diagnose it. It wasn't with them. Uh, it was with the distributor hub out in Denver. They had problems, and just collaboratively, they were able to get it back together and got to scramble fast when that happens so you don't have a bunch of dead air. Thank you to all of them for uh, getting together and, and fixing the situation. God bless them. Now, I I, I, I got to, oh, I, I, you know, I promise you, I promise I promise, I promise, I promise, I don't set out to be antagonistic. Uh, it, it's not in my nature to be antagonistic. I'm, I'm, I'm not one of those people. But it, you're going to have to blame Charlie for this because we were talking on the phone before the show, and he got me fired up, and, and I, I, I put it off and put it off and put it off, but it's, it's got to come out now. And I need to use an analogy some of you aren't going to like. You're just, you're not going to like it. You're going to be offended by it. And I need to do it anyway. I want to talk about the ugly girl who gets attention. <laughs> I know. I, 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 I honestly, I'm sure there's something more creative and less crass. Some of you will say misogynistic, but y'all, but everybody understands this analogy the ugly girl who gets attention. We are the ugly girl. I, I mean, I, I, I look, I, I, I see myself in the camera. I, I get it. But no, all of us, we're the ugly girl, and, and someone gives us attention, and we fall all over ourselves for that person. By ugly girl and us, I mean conservatives. I mean, just, just look at it. The, the left has all these celebrities they got Taylor Swift. Every every teenage girl loves Taylor Swift. She tries not to be political, but when she is political, oh, it's always on the left. I have a friend who's fairly conservative. He, he's a Christian. He's got to be a very, very prominent singer. And he tries to avoid politics because he's not really progressive. But when he does speak up, it's always against people on the right. It's it's always in favor of, of something on the left. The, the only thing, the only time it's safe for him to speak up, particularly on guns and other issues, is is when uh, he can criticize the right. So when you get someone with a modicum of fame or or, or some such, and and they sound like they're on your side, like the ugly girl who gets attention, the conservative movement just wraps their arms around that person loves that person, ignores all of the bad about that person because there's this one thing they love. It's like a very abusive relationship. Your spouse beats you, but that one time on the honeymoon, they batted their eyelashes at you, and you know they really love you even though they're leaving bruises. It's, it's, it's sad to see the conservative movement like that. And we've got a lot of people who the conservative movement decided to platform who are leaving bruises on the conservative movement, who are abusing the conservative movement, who really aren't conservatives and are really horrible people. 
And yes, this has a lot to do with the present situation in the Middle East. I'm really, I, I, I don't understand people who need to take time to research. When confronted with evil, it's their cop-out. Oh, I got to research it. Oh, yeah, you're darn right. I, I want to apply names to this. I cannot tell you the number of times in the past. Here's the scenario. Someone older than me, usually significantly older than me, comes up to me and says, don't you just love Candace Owen? Isn't it nice that our side has a young black female voice? We should embrace her because we need people like that in our movement to reflect the diversity of our movement. Isn't she great? No, as a matter of fact, she's not. She's an anti-Semite. She, every time Israel comes up, she's got to research because she doesn't have the courage to tell you what she really thinks about the Jews. So she dances around it. But this woman is not on our side on those issues. And on a great many issues, she's not. I mean, she's doing it again. Like she's defended Kanye West. Is this Kanye West? There's another one. Oh, he sang a song about Chick-fil-A. He's a born-again Christian. I'm going to listen to all of his music now. You can't listen to it on the radio, a lot of it. Turns out maybe, maybe I, I, I tend to believe, because I, I know enough people familiar with it, that he, he's had an authentic embrace of, of Christianity, but he's also got serious mental issues and is an anti-Semite. Got all these the all these crazy conspiracies about the Jews, and then and when he mouths off about him, you got Candace Owens defending him to the right, saying, Hey, you can trust me, he's good. You can't trust her. Or there's Andrew Tate. How many young men on the right embraced Andrew Tate, who is a pro-Hamas um abuser of women, who's just a horrible, horrible human being, platformed repeatedly by Tucker Carlson and others. You should remember who platformed him, too. It's a reflection of their character to, to embrace a guy like that. And, and part of what it is is the contrarianism of so many people on the right. If the left's over, if the left is X, we're not going to be Y. We're going to be negative X. We're going to be the exact opposite of the people on the left. Who cares what the idea is? If the left is for it, we're against it. If the left comes out for oxygen tomorrow, we're breathing carbon dioxide. Because it's not about the principles and it's not about the values. It's about we got to be the opposite of the left. Whatever they're for, we're against. Whatever they're against, we're for. Which is kind of surprising because this is where you see people's true colors. The left hates Israel. So it's remarkable you get someone like Candace Owen who, who superficially said, what they're for, I'm against. What they're against, I'm for. They're against Israel. Guess what? So is she. It's remarkable. Andrew Tate hates Israel. Who else we got out there? Oh, yes. A man many of you have heard of, Robert Kennedy Jr. Oh, because he was the brave man on the, the COVID vaccine. You know what? He's a COVID conspiracy theorist on all the other vaccines. Al, you've all had the MMR shot by and large. Those of you who haven't, you've gone through some dreadful bouts of measles, maybe even the mumps. 
The MMR vaccine has saved a whole lot of people, a whole lot of agony, and a whole lot of lives. And RFK is out there thinking, we think it gives autism. There's no scientific proof that it does. In fact, there's a lot of proof that it doesn't. But who cares? He's a conspiracy theorist. The dude has something profoundly wrong with himself. There's something wrong mentally with this man. But he didn't like the COVID vaccine, so he's one of us. Ugly girl got a batter eyelashes back at him. Oh, he said something you like about COVID. We must embrace RFK. He's our man. If he can't do it, no one can. Do you know he's actually in the polling? He's costing Donald Trump victory over Joe Biden in a three-way race between Trump, Kennedy, and Biden. As I've been telling you he would, he pulls votes from Trump, not Biden. RFK is not on your side. He supports abortion rights. He supports control. He supports the left-wing agenda. He supports the climate change agenda. He supports all the worldly agendas of the left. But he said something about the COVID vaccine you like, so let's wrap arms around him and embrace him. You don't even have anything, any idea what the rest of his worldviews are. How willfully ignorant are those of the people who embraced RFK when they know one thing about him and so they've shut out everything else? Oh, don't tell me the bad. Don't tell me the bad. He questioned the COVID vaccine. This is ultimately on those people who are embracing these people. Nick Fuentes, thank God most of you haven't. He, he showed his true colors enough during Trump's Trump's time, but he was in Texas meeting with a group of Republicans a couple of weeks ago. They invited this guy who is a well-documented, well-known anti-Semite who laughed about Hitler throwing Jews in the oven. And he's platformed by people on the right. Or Tim Pool. Tim Pool. I, I I know very little about him, but he's got this online following. The dude is an anti-Semite surrounded by anti-Semites who are openly questioning what's happened in Israel. They're just asking questions. They're just asking questions. They're asking questions about the decapitated children, among other things that we know are true, casting doubt on it. How horrible of a person do you have to be to have all the journalists of the world and the governments of the world say, yes, the babies were decapitated? Say, well, can we really believe them? How would Hamas do this? How would a bunch of Islamic radicals fly planes into tall buildings and kill a bunch of Americans? Some of these people believe it was the federal government that did that. No one said conservatism would be popular. It's not with the world. Conservatism has a real view of humanity. We live in a fallen world and people must be restrained from their desires for power. That is a fundamental bedrock principle of conservatism. The left believes people are a blank slate, tabula rasa. They're not. The right is never going to be popular with worldly people. And so when someone comes along and says something that we think sounds like us and they're famous, we want to hug them, we want to embrace them all the time. Do you know how many people, I get emails from, do you think this celebrity is a conservative because they said this thing? Who cares? They're a celebrity. Who cares? It shouldn't care. You shouldn't care that someone famous is or is not on your side. It's the truth that matters. And these people, Candace Owens, Andrew Tate, Nick Fuentes, Glenn Greenwald, who's been embraced by the right over the COVID stuff as well, and the Russia stuff, Glenn Greenwald, they're all revealing themselves. Y'all, 
this moment in time is revelatory. This moment in time is revealing the true nature and character of people, including so many of those the right has embraced. When confronted by the horrors of Hamas, these people take a pass on condemning it or they question it. They don't want to believe it's true because they can't bring themselves to side with the Jewish people. They call for a ceasefire so Hamas can rearm itself. They dance around their words or they say, I need to do more research. I can't come up with it. I can't come up with an opinion, even though I have an opinion about everything under the sun, including the way the water goes down the drain. I can't come up with an opinion on this. I got to do more research. How much more research can you do when they put babies in ovens and turned on the ovens? How much more research can you do when they killed hundreds of Jewish teens and young adults at a music festival that was designed as a music festival for peace? How much more research do you need to do to see the pictures of the father and the child tied together and burned alive? How much more research do you need to do to see the decapitated babies? How much more research do you need to do to be able to denounce evil that you can't mean you're on its side? And too many people on the right have embraced too many people who claim to be on our side who are anti-Semitic. And there is something profoundly wrong with you and your soul if you're an anti-Semite. If you're on the side of the people who've exterminated the Jews, you're not a good person. And there are too many people in the conservative movement right now who are platform because, oh, we need this person. They're famous. Oh, we need this person because they're not white and so they can reflect diversity. Oh, we need this person because they were profiled and platformed by this person and they can help us get our message. We don't need anti-Semites in the conservative movement. We never have needed anti-Semites in the conservative movement. And if you can't understand that, perhaps you should depart the conservative movement. If we don't clean up our own side, at some point the voters will clean up our side and we should have a moral line in the sand that if If you aren't willing to denounce the decapitation of Jewish babies in Israel by monsters, you really don't have any business being in our movement. Stop giving people attention just because they batted their eyelashes at you. It really is as simple as that. Welcome. It's Eric Erickson here. The phone number is 877-973-7425. If you want to be on the program, I find this absurd. Cornell has decided to suspend classes. Uh, Why? Because the anti-Semitic threats. They canceled classes for Friday after one of the school's students allegedly made violent anti-Semitic threats against Jews on campus. In place of lectures, Cornell will observe a community day in acknowledgement of the extraordinary stress that has engulfed the college in recent weeks amid tensions surrounding the conflict between Israel and Hamas in Gaza. You know, if they just had taken a strong stance against anti-Semitic protests on campus, none of this would have happened. I mean, Cornell's administration gave license to the escalation when they didn't nip it in the butt early. University of Chicago has a free speech policy. That is, the school does not opine on the controversies of the day. University of Chicago was one of the very few academic institutions in the nation 
that did not take a stand on the George Floyd situation. They, they, they refused. In fact, they came under a lot of criticism and said, it's not our place, it's our students' place. And as long as people respect each other's right to disagree, we're fine. But if they begin to violate that, we step in. Well, there was a Jewish protest at the University of Chicago the other day, and a pro-Hamas demonstrator showed up and tried to intimidate and shout down the Jewish students, and the university stepped in to take swift action against the anti-Semitic students for for disrupting the protests. The university's position is they get to protest, then the Jewish students get to protest, and they got to leave each other alone. The Jews left everybody else alone. The pro-Hamas people did not. They're going to be the ones to get punished. Good for the University of Chicago. It's Cornell's double standard here that's that's ridiculous. What's not ridiculous is Stamps.com. You can go save big. If you got to ship a lot of packages this holiday season, with no contract sign, no long-term commitment, all you need is a computer and printer. You can manage orders on the go with their mobile app, schedule package pickups at your home or office, and connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. If you have like an Etsy account or something, you can use stamps.com. Over a million businesses do. Million with an M. I'm one of them. Have been for 20 years. Stamps.com gets you connected to the post office and UPS. Their best rates. You save up to 84%. You can find the cheapest route, the fastest route, whatever you need. In time for the holiday season, you go to stamps.com. You click on the microphone. You put in my name, Eric, E-R-I-C-K. You get a special offer. It includes a four-week trial. It includes free postage. It includes a free digital scale. There is no long-term commitment. There is no contract. All you do is go to stamps.com. You click on the microphone and you put in my name, Eric, E-R-I-C-K. You do not have a contract to sign. You get great shipping rates. You can skip the lines with stamps.com. Makes holiday shipping enjoyable. Greetings. Welcome. It is Eric Erickson here. The phone number is 877-973-7425. Should you wish to be on the program, have I got news for you. I wonder if you've heard this. Remember that hospital, the, the Baptist hospital in Gaza that got hit? Uh, This is from Gerald Beyer at Pluribus. A day after the explosion at Gaza's Al-Ali Hospital, news of the blast was everywhere. Facts, on the other hand, were harder to come by. However, a press conference held that very day by the Episcopal Diocese of Jerusalem that runs the hospital could have provided clarity to a world looking for answers but was instead widely ignored by the media. In the wake of the massive explosion and fireball, two of our employees were injured, the hospital said. What? I was told 500 people were killed. At a press conference streamed on Facebook, Anglican Archbishop Hossam Naum declined to comment on possible total casualty figures deferring to the Hamas-controlled Gaza Health Ministry, claims of hundreds, and would not assign blame for the explosion despite being pressed to do so. Then a reporter asked, can you tell us how many doctors and nurses were injured or killed in the attack? Archbishop Naum replied from the hospital that was struck later during the day, that's devastating, two of our employees were injured. The archbishop went on to say that while surgeries were being conducted at the time of the explosion, the blast was followed by a full evacuation. At the press conference, Naum was not asked 
nor did he say anything about the injuries to the patients. But an American group, the American Friends of the Episcopal Diocese of Jerusalem, which supports the diocese, reported on its website that on Friday, October 20th, the archbishop told the group in a Zoom meeting that although, quote, the surrounding buildings and chapel suffered some infrastructure damage, no buildings collapsed and no staff or patients were killed. The hospital force closed immediately and all existing patients were evacuated to nearby hospitals. Despite the clear statement from Archbishop Naum on October 18th that only two of our employees were injured, only one media outlet that reported out the press conference details, that uh, the details in the dispatch, the UK's Guardian. The reporting from the New York Times was typical of what the press focused on, warnings to evacuate that the Israeli military had given to humanitarian facilities throughout Gaza in the days following Hamas's attack. Early reporting, such as this from Al Jazeera the night before, headlined, quote, Israeli air raid on Al-Ali Arab hospital kills 500, Gaza officials say. They were uncontradicted and uncorrected. Public figures, including Volker Turk, the UN High Commissioner for Human Rights, made statements condemning the Israelis. Even President Biden's official statement included, quote, patients, medical staff, and other innocents killed or wounded, and said, quote, the United States stands unequivocally for the protection of civilian life during conflict, and we mourn the patients, medical staff, and other innocents killed or wounded in the tragedy. In an article on its website, a version of which ran in print the following day on the front page, the New York Times reported photos and videos posted online and verified by the New York Times showed bloodied and battered bodies. The next paragraph noted that a, quote, woman shared a video she recorded as she made her way through the rubble of the ruined hospital. The reader was left with the impression of devastated hospital buildings with mass casualties, presumably doctors, nurses, and patients alike. The Times even accompanied the article with both online for a time and in print the following morning, a photo of a collapsed building that the average reader might assume was the hospital. It was not because, as the archbishop who oversees the hospital noted, no buildings collapsed. Um, it's not. It's not that the media was played. It's it's not that the media was played. Is that the media wanted to be played? For multiple days, news outlets covered the 500 people killed at that hospital, according to the Gaza Health Ministry. For multiple days, they talked about the facility itself being damaged. For multiple days, they did that. The hospital stands and no one died. All this stuff moves very fast. All of it moves very fast. It moves so quickly, it's hard to keep up. You and I both know there are people out there right now today 
who believe Israel hit that hospital and 500 people died. There are a lot of them who don't care what the truth is. Some of them actually just think it's the truth because that's what the New York Times told them. That's what MSNBC told them. I believe even CNN ran that report. I mean, heck, you got CNN out there suggesting the Israelis are committing war crimes by causing the collapse of tunnels in, in uh, Gaza. and the, Those tunnel collapses collapsed buildings that killed pe- innocent people. Uh, and you're hearing about the refugee camp, the refugee camp that was hit by Israel. Do you know it's not a refugee camp? It's just Palestinian citizens. They call it a refugee camp because the, what, the people in that area used to live in Israel and they went back to Gaza and stayed, and so they're classified as refugees. It's not a refugee camp. It's just part of the city. And Israel did not blow up the buildings. Israel dropped a bonker, bunker buster into the ground and blew up the Hamas tunnels, and Hamas tunnels then collapsed, causing the buildings to collapse. Why? Because Hamas intentionally builds the tunnels under civilian buildings, knowing that it will maximize casualties, so Israel will have to think twice And if they do it, they'll get bad press. And the press so willingly runs Hamas's propaganda. Everybody was played. The media was willfully involved in this. The media willed themselves to be played. The media wanted the casualties. They wanted to believe Israel did it, and they wanted to report it. I forget who said it, but the media will never forgive The media will never forgive Israel for not bombing that hospital. They wanted Israel to have blown up that hospital. They wanted to be able to both sides the situation after having to cover Hamas's brutality. They wanted to both sides it. So the moment Hamas said Israel hit that hospital, they were enraptured and in love with the story despite the truth because they could both sides it. They wanted Israel to blow up that hospital, and they'll never forgive Israel for not being the one to blow it up. It turns out the hospital stands, and there were no casualties. And I bet most of you haven't heard that, but it's true. Now, you know what else is true? Um, Target CEO is lying. Yeah, we, we got to switch from one to the other, to the culture war stuff. I want to play for you part of an interview. This was on CNBC, I believe, this morning. Uh, the CEO of Target on the Pride Month backlash. Listen to this. Let's see. Can I get the audio here? Oh, I'm having issues. Let me reload it because you, you really you do need to hear this. This is really important for um, people said, look, there are bathing suits that are transgender bathing suits that are being targeted and marketed to kids. Uh, there is a, a, a guy who you're working with, a designer who, uh, you know, I don't know, it was a devil worshiper with some of the things. What, what did you find? What would you say back to some of those criticisms? Well, I think you and I both know those weren't true. You and I both know those aren't true. I don't mind that the CEO of Target is a progressive. I expect people uh, in that level of work to be progressive. But when Becky Quick on CNBC points out that Target was selling transgender-friendly swimwear for kids and partnered with a a 
Satan-loving businessman to design clothes. The Target CEO says, that's not true. That's not true. It was all very true, and he's on TV lying to you about it. Target, in fact, offered what's quote-unquote tuck-friendly swimwear for children designed to assist children who are transitioning genders. That's a fact. And the CEO says it's not true, but it's a fact. Target also partnered with the U.S.-based brand Abprolin to sell uh, Alphabet Gang-themed merchandise through Pride Month. Abprolin routinely incorporated messages like Satan respects pronouns into branded material. He says it's a lie. The CEO of Target is on CNBC lying about what his company did to try to recover. You know what that means. They're just going to do it all over again. They're not going to learn their lesson. If the CEO of Target is willing to go on television and lie to people's faces about what we know to be true, they're not repentant. They they don't intend to change. They only change because of public backlash, and they'll try it all over again. I know a lot of people who love to shop at Target, and it is a pleasurable shopping experience compared to a Walmart or some of the other similarly situated stores. But the CEO is very clearly a woke progressive who can't tell the truth about what his company did. They undid the damage after public outrage, after sales fell, after after um, they had to walk it all back. Sales fell. People were outraged. People stopped shopping there during Prime Month. They had to walk it all back. And now he's got to lie about it. You know, the truth, the truth shouldn't be hard. But they sure make it hard. The lie is easy. The lie is easier than the truth for these people. Because they can never confess that they, they've become professional gaslighters. They gaslight you. They say what you saw with your own eyes never happened. Because they don't want your business out of respect for you. They want to lie to you and get your business that way. They want to con you into it. And, and you just can't let them get away with it. That's the problem. Too many of these companies think there will be no repercussions because of who they are and what they do. There have got to be repercussions or they won't change. The Target CEO is lying to people on CNBC about what his company did, and you should not forget that he is now lying about it. A company that's good to do business with that doesn't lie to you is Vision Computer. Look, I got an email actually from a friend of mine yesterday, and he texted me, do you really use Vision Computer, and if so, are you happy with them? I understand. Listen, my philosophy is that I shouldn't sell products or, or advertise businesses I don't do business with or at least I'm not familiar with. I actually did business with Vision Computers, which is why I can truthfully tell you you will be happy with Vision Computers. We got a gaming key, PC from our son. It, it's the only thing he wanted for Christmas this past year. The only thing he wanted, and we got it for him. He's at the age where he's got a friend who lives overseas now and wanted to be able to get online and still visit with his friend and stuff. And The friend doesn't have an Xbox, but he had a gaming PC. So we got our kid a gaming PC, and he can connect with his friends who don't live around him anymore. And Vision bought it, built it for him. We told him what they needed, what he needed, what he wanted. They built him a PC. It's going to last him all through all through high school. He does his work on it now. 
uh, and and he loves it. And if he ever runs into a problem, if there's something he can't figure out, he doesn't come to me. I'm not tech support. He calls Vision, and they answer the phone quickly, and they get him on his way. They helped him set up his email. They helped him with printer support. They've helped him when a monitor came unplugged, and he thought something was wrong with the monitor, and he had just accidentally unplugged it. Uh, they've got him set up with installing software and uninstalling software. They're teaching him how to be better at his computer every time he calls. They can do this for you. They can do it for your business as well. So your business can get that same sort of quality. You build the laptop or desktop with Vision, and then they service it for you. You call them at 404-COMPUTE. 404-COMPUTE, Vision Computers, can build your computers and then be your IT department for your business or for your home, for your kids or for yourself. 404-COMPUTE. You can go to visioncomputers.com as well if you want to check them out, visioncomputers.com. If you call them at 404-COMPUTE and tell them I sent you, you're going to save even more money. Welcome. It is Eric Erickson here. The phone number is 877-973-7425. I'm wearing today because it's cold. We woke up, there's frost everywhere. It was like 31 degrees when I woke up in middle Georgia. Frost everywhere. I, I know I've got great insulation in my house when the roof was still covered with frost this morning. It was great uh, to know I'm insulated. <laughs> Uh, but I'm wearing my Atlanta Braves uh, World Championship World Series pullover that I got after they won the World Series. It wasn't to be this year for them, but the Rangers won. You know, they're 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 kind of a unique team. I, I'm I got a soft spot for the Rangers. I'm not a huge fan, but I got a soft spot for them because of Nolan Ryan. But they won. Uh, not only did they win, but uh, Will Smith is a left-handed pitcher. He finished the season, and he got a World Series ring, and he's done this for three years in a row with three different teams. It's kind of remarkable. He's the first player in not just Major League Baseball history, but across all of the big four men's North American sports leagues to appear in at least one game for three different championship-winning teams in three consecutive seasons. He's 34 years old. He was with the uh, played for the Kansas City Royals. Then he went to the Milwaukee Brewers. Then he went to San Francisco Giants for the first eight years. He left the Royals two years before they won the 2015 title. He went to the Giants two years after their last title win. He hit Pater with the Braves. He signed a three-year deal ahead of the 2020 season. Was the closer for the Braves in 2021. And uh, then he went to the Astros. Then he went to the Rangers. And he won all those times. That, that's impressive. Good for the Rangers as well. Um, I know the, the owners of the Diamondbacks, they were excited to get there um, to the World Series. It was, it was a fun World Series, actually. But in large part, because I just like, I've got teams like I grew up a Cubs fan. I love the Cubs. I do lovable losers, and then they finally won, and it was exciting. I got invited to go to that World Series, um, uh, the, I, and then Atlanta wins the World Series. I did not actually, by the way, I was invited to go to the Cubs World Series, and I couldn't go because everybody in my house was sick, uh, but then uh, Atlanta won the World Series, and the two teams that I really root for, I know when they play each other, I tend to root for the Braves these days because I live in Atlanta. Uh, but I've always had a soft spot for the Rangers. And now uh, the Wokes hate the Rangers, which makes me like the Rangers more. Um, there are, uh, what, 30 baseball teams, and 29 of the 30 of them have big um, pride festival events during June. The only one that doesn't is the Rangers. They don't do anything like that. So the Wokes despise them. The Alphabet Gang has come for the Rangers. They, they, they hate the Rangers because the Rangers aren't woke. 
and the Rangers won the World Series, so good for them. The non-woke baseball team wins. Yay. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.